Alright, welcome to the Fantasy Sports Puzzle Podcast. This is episode two. Uh, it's Friday night here, about 6.20 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I'm just chilling. Uh, got one whiskey coke in me, and I am just cracked spotted cow. New Glarus uh, Brewing Company, thanks to my buddy Corey, who left a beer at my house after uh, we hosted a party last weekend for some some of our good friends. Uh, Jordan and Susan, they're getting married in February. So yes, I got a pretty sweet leftover beer here. Bear here. Alright, so uh, this episode, this next episode for Sports Puzzle, it's going to be another one-man show. Uh, we got, we're in the works um, to get multiple people, multiple hosts, we got a mic, uh, another mic cooking. Uh, we just got to figure out the Skype, the group, um, recording that, and then just making it happen. So for right now, it's still a one-man show with your host Brandon Evans. That's me. Um, so yeah, we're uh, today. I'll just give you a, a little uh, summary of what we're gonna go over here. We're gonna do a little Thursday night football recap. Uh, we're gonna go over some bright spots that I that my, that popped into my or that I saw with my eye. Um, <laughs> all the random thoughts about the game. Uh, fantasy football trade alert! I got offered a trade today, and uh, I'd like to talk about it. Um, and I'm also gonna talk about a little bit of the World Series game two. Not much, um, but yeah, that was pretty epic. And then we're gonna end with uh, we're gonna keep it going with another sports brain teaser ch- puzzle dealio. And we're going to have our first shout-out for our uh, winner. So, all right, let's get into it. Um, our Thursday night recap. 40-0 to zero was the final score, so I, uh, I'm going to call it the 40-year-old virgin game. I don't know why, but 40 years old, zero. Yeah. I was not very interested in watching this game, really, from the get-go, and I didn't watch the whole game. Um I was actually playing some Madden mute squads with my friend, the three-on-three, uh, and just following the score. But no, I, I caught a decent amount of it. Um, yeah, Matt Moore, he kind of looked surprisingly worse than smoking Jay Cutler. Uh, Cutler was chilling on the sidelines. He's got ribbit injury, uh, but he's psh, no doubt he's going to play week nine if he gets like a flak jacket on and... Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna start Cutler. They paid him money. They they have to start him over Matt Moore. It's if he's good to go and cleared or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean Matt Moore. The defense Ravens defense is arguably one of the the best defense out there. So you can kind of make an excuse for Matt Moore. But oh man, I'll get into it. But towards the end of the game, there yeah, there's some throws that were just god awful. Um, yeah, that last pick to Jimmy Smith. I'll just point it out now. That was, man, that was an easy read. Looking at him the whole way. wasn't even a fastball. It was like an eight-yard out, maybe. And uh, I think it was going to Jarvis Landry. And uh, it was just a floater. Easy pick six for Jimmy Smith. Just read it all the way. But Jimmy Smith is beast. He's like number one right now. He's he's killing it. Um, But, yeah, Matt Moore sucks. Kind of. All right, so I'm gonna go over the bright spots from what I <laughs> uh, bright spots, yeah, from Thursday night game. But there was some. I'm gonna go over over from what from what my eyes uh, I saw. First uh, person overall is Alex Collins. Uh, I remember watching early games, and I think he was returning some kicks, and he was doing like a little scat back. Uh, Delio and uh he looked he looked pretty good from what I saw like that was like week two week three and then I'll point out what I saw uh last night Thursday he looked pretty darn solid at running the ball uh there's one play where uh he just kept turning his legs he was doing some jukes and the refs blew a whistle but I thought there was only like one defender and he was kind of grinding and going. I I thought he could have. I, I think the whistle might have blew a little too early, but he runs he runs runs well. He's got some elusiveness. Um, so fantasy wise, going forward for Alex Collins, 
I do like him as a low-end RB2 rest of the year in standard leagues. I know Buck Allen was getting uh, like eight receptions a game, six to eight, and he was pretty much a safe bet for PPR, but obviously only had one reception last night's uh, game. But we can talk about more about Buck Allen. But for Alex Collins, the only thing that worries me is the red zone looks. Um, he got one. They still gave it to Buck Allen on the goal line, and he didn't do well. He did fumble. Um, it was credited to him. But, yeah, Alex Collins, I would say he uh, – I think he should be have a safe 60-yard floor moving forward. Um, you know, he's a solid flex play, definitely solid flex play, but I'm sure many teams are going to need him as an RB2, which I'm, I'm okay with. Uh, and I think he has a talent to break off a long TD. Uh, he's not just a ground and pound. He he can he can break it off for the long TV, TD. So he has a little upside to him as well. Um, so yeah, if you have Alex Collins, um, RB two, RB two standard uh, PPR, you know he probably won't get many receptions. But yeah, yeah. So Buck Allen, he didn't he he didn't he didn't get many chances, but he didn't look too bad uh, with his opportunities. Um, you know, he broke a couple, you know, eight, nine-yard runs, and I think he did decent. Um, he's already proven that, though, to be a pretty solid solid running back. Um, he did get most of the goal line looks, like I mentioned earlier, and that fumble, I'll go back to that fumble, but when I broke it down, I did, they kind of showed it slow-mo, and I looked at that slow-mo again, and there was definitely some weird stuff before this. It wasn't a clean handoff at all. There was a little juggle with the quarterback, the snap, like, and then the quarterback seemed like he forced the ball to Allen. So I, I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent Allen's fault. It, it was a, some of it has to go do with the quarterback, the snapper. It was, it was a team effort for that fumble. I wouldn't give it a hundred percent to Buck Allen. So yeah. Um, but yeah, only one reception for him. That's, that sucks for people who are playing him trying to be a safe, um, especially in PPR um, leagues. They must have been pretty disappointed. I think he ended up with like five, six points. But, yeah, that's pretty bit disappointing against the Miami Dolphins and the way the, they put up 40 points. Um, but I went over – I don't think we need to overreact too much with him and drop him or anything like that. That's – we don't need to do that. But I think he's – man, he's, he's more – he's not a flex play at this point anymore. He's more of an RB4 um, now. Um He's a low-end, desperate flex play, I would say, in PPR leagues because I think it was a little bit of an oddball. Thursday night's always weird. The game was kind of blown out. So it was just not a normal game. So I think Buck Allen can still be all right. But I do like Alex Collins better moving forward in standard and PPR leagues just from the eye test. He just looks like he's got some upside. Um, But, yeah, Buck Allen continues to get the red zone looks. Um Get, gets back up to six, eight receptions a game. He could easily pass Alex Collins. So don't drop him. Um, Yeah, so another bright spot was Kenny Stills for Miami, obviously. Um, he's got some crazy tats on his arm. He's tatted up. But, shit, Kenny Stills for the Saints. He made his name. Um, he's just kind of that wide receiver to that isn't flashy or anything, but he can put up some stats. Uh, if, if the opportunity is there and other people you know, are injured at Devonte Parker, I mean, if he's, he's a bright spot, he, he's a pretty solid wide receiver. He's kind of underrated, um, in a way. I'm sure a lot of people say that, but yeah. So if you, uh, if you pick them up, like a lot of people did this week, um, it was kind of all over the, the waiver wire. Like it's, he's kind of living up to it. He got, um. Yeah, people were talking up the Matt Moore to Kenny Stills. That's why people picked him up. Devontae was out, so I see it. I guess now. Um, they were everybody was right because he did have a solid game, even though they put up zero points. Um, he was targeted. Um, in PPR format for how the game went, you know, and how good Baltimore defense is, he got the targets, he got the catches, he he uh, he he um converted. Um, he got six catches for sixty-five catches for sixty-five six catches for sixty-five yards. 
I think it was five, but he had nine points in a .5 PPR league. So that's that's rock solid for a, a wide receiver too. And he does have um, – and the targets will be there moving forward, I believe. Devontae coming back, I mean, hurts a little bit. But I still think with Matt Moore eh, – no, Matt Moore won't be there. So I don't know. I still like still decently as I go – Wide receiver to three. Um, another injury happens. He moves up to wide receiver two. Um, but, yeah, Kenny Stills is a bright spot for me. They have that. It's good to have that depth on Miami for the wide receivers. Um, so if you got them, hold them, obviously, and see how it shakes out. I mean, Cutler's probably going to play week nine. So if he gets, you know, four targets maybe, it doesn't do much, and then next week he doesn't do much again, then we can talk about dropping him again. But, Hold on to him. Yeah, and there wasn't too many bright spots, but the other bright spot was uh, Baltimore defense. Jeez. They, uh, yeah, they, they kind of killed it, obviously, by, with the shutout at Donut. They scored 30 fantasy points. Um, what really impressed me the most, though, is that they were, they were known to be good against a pass, but the run game, they, they shut down J.J., Jai, um, he's been kind of a bust, but th- what the main thing is that he ripped off a twenty-one yard, twenty-one yard first carry run, and then after that, I think he had three consecutive runs, and then that excuse me totaled about negative seven yards, and then psh, he ended with like 30, 20, less than thirty yards rushing, and I mean he got his receptions, but man. That defense against the run and the passing defense, it's 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 kind of scary, but to with uh yeah, that's they did they did they did well. I mean CJ Mosley, that first pick six was awesome. Just he's been killing it this year. Jimmy Smith had the second pick six, which I talked about earlier, which was just a floating, just a bad throw. Um But yeah, all year they've been dominant. With the Baltimore defense, with C.J. Mosey, Jimmy Smith leading it. I mean, they got Brandon Carr. They still got Terrell Suggs, who seems like he's old. But, man, this defense is a good mix of young and uh, veteran stars. I like them. But Baltimore's a pretty boring team to watch because of their offense. Um, yeah, it's it's an old-school team, though, that I'm actually a fan of. I like the hard knocks, angry defense. And they're... Uh, they're going to need to ground and pound and control the clock like they did this game against Miami to, to keep all games close, and they can they could they could stay in any game against any team if they can play sound defense, keep to the basics, and uh, run the ball, do some check downs. And uh, if Macklin, Macklin can uh, – he was kind of a bright spot, but Macklin's obviously their best talent on offense, and he just needs to stay healthy, start showing some big plays and consistency, and – Baltimore's always a weird team with me, and I, I really don't think Flacco's. <laughs> he's probably one of the worst Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about Flacco a little bit more later with that hit and stuff. But that's all I had for bright spots. Again, Alex Collins, uh, Kenny Stills, and the Baltimore defense. Other than that, I mean, Tucker's always Justin Tucker. Uh, he had a fifty plus. He's always freaking. He's one of the best kickers in the league, especially with Dan Bailey injured now. Um, he did get one blocked, but, I mean, yeah, it's not really on him. All right, so I'm going to – that's kind of our first segment was the bright spots of the Thursday night football game. And I'm going to move to my other random thoughts about the game. Um, take a drink of my beer here first. <sighs> Yum. All right, so I'm going to talk about Jay Ajay, Jay Ajay, This I still don't really know how to pronounce that exactly. I should, but um, my gut is telling me that he's a buy low right now. Kind of a big buy low, but the stats are definitely against it. Uh, some, I mean, you can compare the Melvin Gordon year where he was getting volume, he just wasn't producing. Then the next year, obviously, he just freaking killed it. This year, he's scoring touchdowns. He's a TD machine, and he's putting up big points. But I think with the schedule, um, 
and the way that Miami played this week, getting zero points, I think there's going to be a big Kickstarter. Just, I mean, it's still Miami, and they don't, they're not the best, and but with the volume, I think it's gonna, I think it's he's gonna have to do better. Um, but yeah, he's looking like one of the bigger busts of the year. But I can't ignore his volume, like I just said. Um, he's getting, he had four receptions. He's involved in the pass game. It helps in PPR leagues. Um, and if there's an owner out there that is just sick of him, um, probably drafts him in the first round, just sick of him, wants to change up the team. Maybe that's dampered the team. They're two in one and have one win or two wins. And yeah, I would strongly suggest going after him in a, in a trade and analyzing the other team that, that has him and their needs. Um, that's a big thing. Trading, um, setting your team up for the championship and the playoffs. So be able to, you might be able to make a solid deal to set your team up. Um, so when I'll, I'll t- kind of talk about the owner of J.A.J. J.A.J. I think I say J.A.J. Uh, <laughs> in our my main league that it's pretty much been the same guys couple for the past 10 years, but a couple guys here and there, but pretty much the same 12 core guys. And we just switched it this year to a 0.5 PPR league. So, uh, this owner, uh, he, he'll probably make an appearance on this podcast here, Rant and Randy. He's got JJ and, uh, Devonte Freeman and cream hunt. So pff, going into the year, it's like, dang, or after like week one, week two, it's like, whoa, you got stacked running backs. Those are arguably the top two, Cream Hunt, Freeman, and then, I mean, obviously Le'Veon, you know, Le'Veon Bell, McCoy, and uh, Zeke, but damn, three of the top ten maybe running backs. So that was a scary team right away, and yeah, they uh, ran Randy won uh, a bunch of games right away starting out. Um. But yeah, right now he's four and three. Uh, <laughs> I played him last week and I kicked his butt with uh, Mari Cooper and LaShawn McCoy. Um, and I had uh, you know Alex Smith. I won. I won by like twenty points. I didn't kick his butt, but we beat him. But so this is this is like this is what I like to do a lot: make up trades and analyze other teams, the needs and wants, supply demand. It's kind of like business stock trading. Um, you got to know it's it's all about timing. It's all about timing. So, looking at his wide receivers, Rant and Randy, who has J.A.J., J.A.J., uh, his wide receivers are pretty bad. So, it makes sense why he has three good running backs. Uh, so, he started stills this week and got him a respectable nine points, um, five receptions, 65 yards, the .5 PPR, like I said. <laughs> But his other wide receivers are Elshon Jeffrey, who, I mean, he's got the talent. Everybody knows he's got the talent. He's a big guy. He can score touchdowns. He's a good wide receiver, but he hasn't been that great for how good the Eagles have been doing. Uh, it's kind of like a Nelson Aguilar show. Um, and he's he hasn't gotten injured yet, but is he's pretty much always injury prone. So there's that there's that risk, but you could you could say that about any NFL player. Um, but after that, after Elshon Jeffrey and Kenny Stills, we just picked up. We got rookie Corey Davis for the Tennessee Titans. Sterling Shepard, which which could be which could be good. He'll get his targets. Uh, I think he's nearing return. He might return this week. Um, but yeah, he could be decent. But Giants uh, offense overall, just mm, not too excited about having any skill players on that team. Lack of red zone opportunities and scoring. Um, and then he's got Emmanuel Sanders, who's obviously been hurt. And I mean, he's he's kind of like Shepard. He'll get the volume, he gets his targets, but touchdowns. Mm. Yeah, Trevor Simeon just just uh, uh, yeah. So I, I really don't like his wide receivers that much at all. Um, so they don't do much for me. So analyzing this, it would make sense for a trade to spark with three pretty darn solid running backs, arguably the best three running backs in the league right now, um, trading for a wide receiver. So if if I didn't have any wide receivers, then I'd be screwed, but I do. I got some wide receivers. Um, so, yeah, swapping a running back for a wide re- one J.J. or Freeman 
um, for a wide receiver would be wise for a trade target. So my, I'll, I'll talk about my team a little bit. My top three wide receivers are Antonio Brown, A.B., Amari Cooper, and Chris Hogan. Those are my top three guys. Um, so that's I play them. I'm playing them this week. Um, we got the flex. So Antonio Brown, uh, I'm not going to trade him. He's he's out of the question since I'm not going to go after Cream Hunt. If I was, then I'd probably have to throw him in, but it's, that's not going to happen. Um, but Amari Cooper and Chris Hogan, they're both interesting to give up, to go after Jay, a Jay. It is tough, though, to trade away Cooper <laughs> after last week with his targets. He's got the talent. He's third-year wide receiver. I mean, everything's just lined up perfectly for him. Um, so it's tough to trade him. I really don't want to trade him. Um, I probably won't, but he's definitely a possibility. He, it could be a trade high. I mean, he struggled mightily early in the season, so it could be a trade high, but... Uh, I really don't want to trade him. But it's, yep, like I said, possibility. But my main guy here to trade here, this is this is kind of the, this is where I think it might make sense to start for the base, to offer Chris Hogan, who's been rock solid. He's had one game, I think last week, or two weeks ago, we had like four or five points. Other than that, he's been pretty much crushing it. Uh, so Chris Hogan for Jay Ajay. Straight up, sounds like a reasonable trade to me. Uh, so yeah, he's been he's been a beast. A J A J J A J. God, I just gotta commit to one. J A J. We'll do J A J. That's what it is. Um, he's been known to be a beast too, and there's upside. There's buy low opportunity here. So, so I'll talk about my other wide receiver depth. If I traded any of these, my only other wide receiver is Josh Doxson. So my depth isn't. Great. Literally, my only other wide receiver is Josh Doxson, but I think he's pretty solid. I think he could uh, he could be big down the road in the playoffs. Um, and the, but so I got McCoy as my number one RB two, but or my number one RB. My number two is DeAndre Washington, Crowell, Derrick Henry, or Aaron Jones. Jones could be a solid RB two. Um, I mean, he could. And Derrick Henry is a DeMarco injury away from being an RB1. But I think a Jay could fit in my team nicely. So, all right. So, hey, I've been kind of blabbering about this trade. But I like to break stuff down. I like to I like to think. I like to think about the possibilities of what's going on here. Um, so, that's the trade kind of uh, thing I got cooking. Um, I, I recommend any listeners to go out and... If you're if you need a running back, check out what teams have running backs. They might have abundance. You might be able to go after Rob Kelly or uh, 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 Wendell Smallwood. He might be. You could buy low on those guys, and they could turn into an RB two for you on PPR leagues or whatnot. Um, so yeah, definitely you always want to explore your options in trading and trading and realize who's kind of fallen down or a little bit of a slump, or who needs to change of the team. It's all about timing. All right. So enough about that. Other, I'm going to talk a couple other things about the Thursday night game. What are we at here, 23 minutes already? Um, that's that's fine, whatever. Um, so <laughs> I noticed Natamek and Sue showing his dirty side again in the end zone, and the scuffle broke out. Uh, him and Mallet, <laughs> freaking Mallet's got into it i didn't know how big mal was he was freaking like 6'5 250 um probably think he's uh a badass himself but sue kind of <laughs> shoved him and then just choked him grabbed him by the neck throat and just yeah he got flagged for that um yeah he's sue's a pretty darn dirty player and there's nothing he can do about it to fix him um it's just proven in the past like stepping on people and just no nah, yeah he's a dirty player kind of like the Bengals guy um Burfacet and uh adam jones is kind of known to do it's, you just there's those guys it's whatever it's who they are he'll get fined next week's another week and everybody will move on and forget about it so i just wanted to mention that though uh but yeah, Flacco took a big hit from Kiko Alonso. Uh, that was a pretty big hit. Um, 
<laughs> I actually can see, I mean, with all these protecting the quarterback and stuff, I understand it, and it's great they're doing that. But at the same time, <laughs> quarterbacks need to learn how to slide and slide early when they see contact because when I broke down this video, I think Flacco had like a weird late slide, like it was just weird. And Alonzo was like right there. So what are what are linebackers supposed to do when they're coming like full force, ready to kill this quarterback when he's running upright? And at the last second, when they're you know a couple feet away from them, they slide. And then what do you? It's tough to stop your momentum. And I don't think it was that dirty of a play when I saw it. Alonzo was just like in the same motion, ready to go, but Flacco did his weird slide kind of right into it too late. So I hope Alonzo doesn't get a, get a suspended. I mean, I understand the penalty. I understand the fine that's coming. It's the rules, but quarterbacks, if you're running, you see a big dude coming at you, just learn how to slide or like, you, there's some better, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta protect yourself better. Um, yeah, um, so that's enough about Flacco. I hope he gets better soon, obviously. Um, it sucks when people get injured. NFL has way too many injuries, and it just sucks. Um, the turf, <sighs> I really think the turf has something to do with it rather than natural grass. I mean, you got your cleats now that are high-tech, high-technology. I mean, you got the best cleats for the turf, but with all of that muscle force, when the cleat hits that turf, there's not enough give, and the energy has got to be, like, if you make a sudden cut, that energy has got to be released somewhere, and it's going to that ACL, so I think we're getting too advanced with the equipment, the turf, like I said, the cleats, like, I think it's hurting, actually, and in, in making more injuries, because it's just what I think, but yeah, I won't get into that too much here. All right, a couple of things. Uh, Jarvis Landry, <laughs> he had like our .5 PPR. He saved his owners late in the game with a couple catches for like 30 yards, but he had .1 points, like a catch for negative four yards for a while, and he didn't get targeted too much, and maybe it was the Ravens' plan to take him out since Devontae Parker, uh, since Devontae Parker was uh, obviously out, injured. Um, so, yeah, you're okay with Jarvis Landry owners. Cutler will be back. Like, don't worry. So it's good to see Macklin back out there, though, and scoring a TD. I'm a fan of him. He's a, he's always been a good wide receiver, and he always produces. Um, it doesn't seem like he has any off-the-field problems too much. or Yeah, I think he's, I like him. I'm a fan of Macklin. So I was glad to see him do pretty good. And someone in my uh, my other my other league, friends and family league, they – they had him in, but they benched him like last second, and then they put Galladay in, and <laughs> now he's out. So I'm thinking he might have to do a pick some random waiver guy up. <sighs> okay, that was a beer drink. All right. Wow. What time are we at? 28 minutes already? All right. I'm talking a lot. This is going all right. In PPR League, um, overall with Macklin, I think he'll be a solid wide re- wide receiver too with targets. Um, probably low end, but he, they're gonna have to feed him. There, there's not much talent on the offense, so I'm thinking six catches, 60, 70 yards weekly. Um, pretty doable for sure. Always has a chance to score. All right, so that's that's it. That's all I'm gonna do about Thursday night football because it was a 40-0 shutout. But all right, so da 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 da. There was a trade offered to me. I was, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of writing up some stuff um, to talk about. I'm not just winging it. It would probably be easier winging it with uh, other other hosts with me, but I got to stay on a little script or something. I don't know, but there's a trade offered to me. In the same league I was talking about earlier, what I call my main league, I mean, the, the, it looks like the, the trade... Um, was, and I'll, I'm going to break it down a bit because I, I like doing this and maybe the listeners, yeah, I just like doing this. So I'll just roll with it. Um, because, uh, well, throughout my 10 years in the same league <laughs> with mainly the same guys, like I said earlier, um, 
I guess I'm known to be a trade artist. Wait, no, art, no, trade rapist. People call me a trade rapist. Yeah. Um, people complain, they cry, they whimper, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to trade with you because you're just going to get the better deal, blah, blah, blah. Wee, wee, wee. I think it's just because people are jealous of my business, business savvy moves. All right, so here it is. Here's the trade. But seriously, I like trading a lot. People shouldn't not trade with me because they think I'm just going to take advantage of them. That's, I feel sorry for the people that think that. <laughs> All right, so here's the trade. It's Nelson Aguilar. So, I, okay, I would receive Nelson Aguilar, Joe Mixon, and Adam Thielen. So that's pretty th- – that's some talent right there. Nelson Aguilar has been kind of a beast uh, this year. He wasn't last year. Mixon, obviously, is the Bengals running back. Um, he's the rookie. He's, he's potentially maybe the most talented rookie, even though Dalvin Cook showed some stuff. Fournette's obviously a beast, but Mixon could be – he's got some high upside for sure. Adam Thielen, he's like number three, five in receiving yards this year and just awesome. And I'll talk about him a little bit more later because got some connections with him. Um, so the trade was those three guys, Nelson Aguilar, Mixon, and Thielen, I would receive. But I have to give up Chris Hogan and LaShawn McCoy. <sighs> so so when I first looked at it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this for sure. No, I'm like, no. Uh, and honestly, it was, yeah, it was an easy reject for me. But it wasn't. But when I, once I started looking at those three players' stats overall in the season, it was a decent offer um, for sure. Um, cause he, the guy that acquired Mixon, he just acquired him two weeks ago. He traded away Adrian Peterson for him, which I think was a great move. Peterson granted had a great week. Um, but then he had it followed by not a good week and now Carson Palmer's injured. So yeah, I, I thought that trade was excellent to acquire Mixon for AP. Um, yeah, so but for some reason... Uh, Mixon, I don't know why. It's like he's been four or five weeks. I think he's had like 15, 17, 18 carries. I mean, he's been getting the volume, but he's just been mediocre. He hasn't been making the noise like people thought. I mean, it might be because of the defense they've been playing against, but I think he, uh, I think he goes crazy against. In- well, not crazy. I think he gets a touchdown and a hundred yards this week against Indianapolis, um, for sure. Um. But I'm not playing for a one week. I'm playing for the stretch. I'm playing for the championship. I'm four and three myself. I'm just hanging in there. Uh, fifth place out of twelve. I I lost Delvin Cook. I lost Chris Carson in one week, which sucked. Um, but I just gotta chug through it. So I'll keep going with the breakdown of the trade. Um, Nelson Aguilar. I was listening to some podcasts, and they were talking about he's the number one wide receiver based on some metrics this year so far. And last year, apparently he was, like, last in the same category. So, uh, he, I mean, he could be – Carson Wentz, Wentz is killing it. He's, like, the number one fantasy quarterback. Um, and he could easily be a rock-solid wide receiver too rest of the way. But I'm just uh, – I like to go with my gut, and I'm just not too interested in – in him, I, I just, I mean, I'd rather have a Hogan than Aguilar. So, and then we go to Thielen. Adam Thielen is, like I said, he's been getting a bunch of yards, a bunch of catches. Um, he's the man. And like I said in my first podcast, I graduated from Minnesota State Manicato myself. And I'm a diehard Vikings fan, so I got the double, uh, the double whammy going for me and for me and Adam there. And I'm a fan of him completely. He's a work hard guy. He's just perfect, class act route runner he's good but i also gotta gotta let my emotions go for fantasy with the vikings and can't get attached to guys because Diggs is there i mean he's hurt right now um and that Diggs was there when he was doing good but treadwell's kind of appearing sam bradford's not there um touchdowns man i i just not super interested in feeling as much as i like the vikings but as fantasy purposes I still like Hogan better than Thielen. So right now, I like Hogan better than the two wide receivers that was offered. And uh, actually the guy, 
John, who offered me this trade, he's in the same boat as me with Thielen. He went to Mankato as well, so just another Mankato shout-out. Um, and another thing with John, I'll just uh, give him a little little nudge here, is that so they hosted, uh, him and his wife hosted at their nice house in Lakeville, <laughs> hosted the Super Bowl last year. And, uh, John, let's, uh, well, he kind of fell asleep on the party in the Super Bowl before the game even finished. It was like beginning of the third quarter, midway through the third quarter. Probably thought the, the, um, uh, yeah, uh, the Falcons were just going to freaking win it. No way Patriots come back, blah, blah, blah. And it ended up being an epic game. So, yeah, you're a loser for falling asleep during the Super Bowl when you hosted it. But just kidding, you're pretty awesome, John. All right, so I would like feeling a lot more with Sammy Biscuits under setters. So yeah, like I said, I like Hogan better than those two. So why this trade doesn't make sense to me? Because obviously I like McCoy better than uh, Mixon. I mean, that's just a given. So yeah, I, I rejected it. It was a pretty easy reject, but I like trade offers coming to me. Definitely. Um, so that's enough about that trade. Maybe too much. I don't know what listeners like, but <sighs> okay. So my next subject is a quick mention of the World Series game two. It was probably one of the craziest drama-filled World Series game for a long time. I mean, the LA Dodgers versus the Astros um, could be up there with the greatest MLB of all time. I was talking to some coworkers, and they were like, "Did you watch the game?" And I'm like, "No." Well, I watched it, but I know I'm a sports guy, but I love baseball. It's my sport, but to be honest, I I fell asleep before the game ended, which was absolutely. Stupid, horrible, disappointed in myself. Uh, it sucks. But I got plenty of info, facts. Um, I got, I mean, obviously there's stuff out there. So I was able to catch up a little bit, see replays, and see what happened. It's just like, wow. Reading through just every play, like, holy clutch after clutch after clutch. Uh, but man, just imagine if that was game seven to take it all. If that was the game, game game seven, like that would have been probably the best baseball game for sure of all time. Um, all I'm going to say <laughs> is baseball is freaking awesome overall. Like I said, this is my sport. I freaking love baseball. Um, so here, I'll just do a little breakdown of what happened. And this breakdown um, is from my coworker, Kurt. He'll be on the podcast too. He got the mic. Um Kurt the Beast, Mayak, MVP. He's uh, he's kind of good at baseball. He can maybe throw like close to ninety miles per hour and can kind of hit bombs. Might have tried out for the Twins. Kind of a big deal. But yeah, here we go. So we were just talking at work, and I said, "Yeah, I didn't watch it." So he gave me a little breakdown here. So I'll just share the breakdown that he gave with me. It's pretty quick. Um, so Marwan, we're we're just going to the ninth inning right away. Uh, Marwan Gonzalez homers off. Kylie Jansen to tie it in the ninth. Uh, Jansen's a beast, as people know. So right away, and Martin Gonzalez uh, playing fantasy baseball, he was kind of he was a good pickup. Uh, so that there we go, tied in the ninth, and then Ken Giles gives it up, gives up what everyone thought to be a walk off bomb to uh, <laughs> the ridiculously um, talented <coughs> Cody Bellinger. Just call him Belly, but it was actually just a warning track fly ball to right center. Um, in the tenth inning, and then tenth inning, that wasn't tenth inning, but tenth inning. Now uh, Altuve leads off, Mister Five Foot Six. Uh, I'm sure people have seen the Altuve and the Judge like photos. Just it's funny, but he's a questionable MVP. Uh, he's a beast, maybe a future Hall of Famer. So Altuve leads off. See ya. That's a bomb. Home run. And then uh, Carlos Correa. He was injured for some of the year with for fantasy purposes, but he came back, and he's killing it now. When they need him most, balls him with the back-to-back bomb. There you go. Houston doing big things. Lots of momentum. And then Giles uh, has a chance to save it. 
And gives off a leadoff bomb to Yasiel Puig in the bottom of the 10th. And then walks a guy. And then a wild pitch moves him to second. And then he scores on, a, you know, Hernandez single to tie it. Um, so that's just crazy. So now we're going to the top of the 11th. Cameron Mabin, they picked up. Um, he gets a single. He's fast. He's still second. People get free tacos because of that. And then George Springer. I had him on my fantasy team, and he is awesome. He hits a two-run bomb, and that was the end of it. That was it. And I still don't know who uh, I want to win the World Series overall. So obviously, okay, Houston won uh, 7-6. to six. So series is tied 1-1, one to one, and... Uh, Time's at 7 o'clock now on the second game. Uh, or game three is uh, starting tonight, so that's going to be awesome to watch. Uh, I think it's going to be a great series. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't know who I want to win the World Series, but I sure think it might be the Astros because of that game. They're just – it might be their year like the Cubs last year, but I really do want Kershaw to get his well-deserved uh, – his, his ring. He's a beast. He's a, he's elite. He's watching him pitch. It's I love watching him pitch. So, I think the Astros are going to win. I kind of want the Dodgers to win, but I, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just hope that they're all good games, like game two. Alright. So, my next subject. Uh, I've up 40 minutes now. Um, I'm going to talk about the London game preview. The Vikings, record five and two, take on the Browns, who are zero and seven. And I think every uh, everyone, even the fans in Cleveland, think the Vikings are probably going to win. Uh, the Browns are without number one pick Miles Garrett, who did not travel with the team. And also, uh, pretty recently, it was ruled that uh, their cornerback, their top cornerback, Jason McCourty, uh, he's out, and apparently he is killing it this year and number three cover corner right now according to pro football focus out of 113 players so that's pretty huge for the vikings because miles garrett was doing well he was a run stopper he was getting sacks when he's healthy and proved to be the number one pick and uh yeah oh, so fantasy purposes for the game um duke johnson is the only brown i am certain with confidence He's been good. He's been good. Uh, when they switched quarterbacks, then they kind of dampered his, uh, dampered him a little bit. But Kaiser, I think, is back. Um, I do have a feeling um, that Trey Waynes might get flagged in the end zone for pass interference. And then Crowell might snag a TD. I just got a feeling. So I just might as well share my feelings. Uh, but I think Duke Johnson gets... Eight catches, 70, 80 yards, possible score. Um, so that will warrant double-digit PPR, easy. Um, I'm pretty confident in Duke Johnson to start him. Uh, he'll get a few rushes too. But yeah, like I said, Kaiser I think is back at quarterback, and there are just no wide receivers to start in fantasy. Uh, Kenny Britt's been a huge disappointment for them. and oof. Yeah, their whole team isn't. It just isn't good. Apparently, they were supposed to be, like, top five offensive line and defense was, eh, no. They're all in seven. All right, so that's pretty much all I want to talk about the Browns. Uh, so now for the Vikings. Woo! Case Keenum has been a good backup quarterback. He, I know he's a trendy, sneaky QB uh, streaming play this week, but I don't know if I buy that. I don't know about that. You know, mainly because it's a London game. London games have been kind of weird, not normal for players so far. Um, I think the Vikings' defense is uh, is going to get some TDs this week. Uh, yeah, maybe a couple for their defense. I just don't think the offense is going to have to do much in the air to to win. So I think they're just going to, kind of like the Ravens did, I think they're just going to play sound defense, uh, chew the clock of the running game, do a couple dink and dunks with passing. Uh, Treadwell hopefully will 
be decent. And uh, I just, I see, I don't know. I mean, they're probably going to try to keep Latavius hot, Latavius Murray hot. He he was great last week. And then do some little passes. Yeah, dink and dunk, like I said. Maybe some sweet plays to McKinnon um, to move the chains. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they just try to chew the clock and play defense. Uh, but, yeah, Case, you know, I, I got him for – 170 200 yards with the touchdown that's all i got so that would be four you know i'd say 10 12 fantasy points but yeah i would fire up both latavius murray and mckinnon though in both leagues ppr standard just because yeah the browns like i said control the clock they'll get their touches volumes there for sure um, i like mckinnon more overall especially in ppr uh, but Latavius could get some goal line work away from McKinnon and score. So I like them both. I think they're both RB2s, little, maybe low-end RB2s, and McKinnon is a solid high-upside RB2 in PPR. I don't expect Diggs to play as the Vikings probably don't need him this week, and then he gets a bye to get the extra, wet, extra rest. So I don't think it makes too much sense to rush him back. I'm pretty confident Diggs won't play, and if he does, he'll just – won't do much, so don't start him. Um, I'm hoping Lacan Treadwell steps up, like I uh, stated, and have a breakout game. Uh, he's been weird so far for us. We drafted him pretty high, and last year he didn't do nothing. Um, but he's he's showing something so far. So I'm hoping you know five to seven catches, seventy yards, and I'm hoping he gets more red zone work. He's a big guy. Uh, Rudolph's been. I mean, Rudolph's there in the red zone, but if we can get that red zone big wide receiver, I mean, that would be huge for us. So, yeah, I, I just really think we should get him involved in the red zone more and get his confidence up. Um, yeah, Thielen, I don't expect too much. I think there'll be a lot of third down passes to him, but I, I don't think anything more than 60 yards from him. Um, Rudy, Kyle Rudolph, hamburger helper hands. Couple catches from, oh yeah, not expecting much. But yeah, I think they just spread it around, play the dink and dunks, run the ball, play sound defense, and I don't think the game is going to be any fantasy stars overall from anybody. Um, but I do think the game is going to be closer than people think. Um, it's not going to be a blowout, but I mean, I hope it is, but I don't think it is. I, I'm going to predict 24-10 Vikings. And the Vikings are going to get two defensive TDs, like I mentioned. One pick six from uh, Kendricks. And then a punt return from Sherrills. So, yeah. Skull! Go Vikes! Yeah, we're going to uh, actually somewhere in Burnsville. Used to be Clyde's or Clive's. And we're going to go there like 8 o'clock and get some breakfast. Probably have a cold one and watch the game there. All right. So, I think we're wrapping up here. That's about, like, uh, I'll just do a little summary here. What we talk- oh, no, I don't need this summary. All right. We're getting close to done here. So, kind of what's going to the differentiation with this podcast from other people. I'm just going to do another puzzle, a brain teaser at the end. Uh, I think the first one was a bit easy. <laughs> but, a solid start. Solid start to the brain teasers because I'm just kind of thinking of them and just making them up. So, and we did have a winner last podcast by less than a minute. Two people, uh, well, both people that I know, um, responded to me on Twitter, <laughs> Twitter within a minute, and uh, the winner is a lady. So shout out to Shana, Kiana Nina. Uh, so yeah, that's a weird last name, but her Twitter. Not weird, but it's she's married to my good buddy um, Travis, who is a Hawaiian. They just got married very recently, so she took his last name and her Twitter handle that she responded. And the the winning Twitter handle is at Shayna S H A Y N A underscore eleven L E V I N. So um, she's a good friend uh, of mine now since. Uh, kind of married to Travis and he was a good friend so and they live close to me now Minnesota um, 
so yeah there's the shout out to Shayna for winning um nice work um yeah uh that's about it maybe for the shout out but yeah just i appreciate the people listening and playing along and yeah hopefully we can keep this thing going and just make it explode get some sponsors you know take over the world all right there's so much competition out there though but it's a passion of mine so i'm just gonna roll with it all right so here's the here's the puzzle here's the second puzzle of uh second puzzle of episode two so yeah that's why it's the second one um the rules are the same the first person to to tweet me and my my handle is at sports puzzle i repeat at sports puzzle that's all one word um they'll win a uh, shout out on the next episode i'll just kind of keep this going and hopefully people won't just Go on to SoundCloud or eventually when I get it onto iTunes, just go to the end of it. So that, that'd be kind of lame. But that's probably going to happen. So maybe I'll have to do the puzzle kind of randomly within the episode. But for now, I'm going to stick to it at the end. So here it is. The episode, this podcast is going to end in like a minute. Uh, okay, here's the clue. Listen carefully. I'm going to take a drink quick. Okay. Plain... Super Smash Bros. on N64 is pretty awesome. So the main clue here is floating noob character and hockey. Floating noob character and hockey. So that those clues should hopefully make you think of a former, not active, MLB, Major League Baseball player. So who am I thinking of? Playing Super Smash Bros. on N64 is pretty awesome. A floating noob character and hockey. All right. So, yeah, I know uh, I haven't done any intros or really closing songs or whatever, jingles, you know, that's just part of learning and growing the podcast. Um It'll be worked. It will be worked in. We'll get some guests on here. We'll get some co-hosts, hopefully consistently. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to get this thing going and keeping it up. So uh, yeah, follow me at Sports Puzzle. Um, right now, this is only on SoundCloud. Um, sports Puzzle, and uh, you should find us. It's like a blue puzzle piece with sports, yellow sports words in there. Um, so yeah, until next time. Peace out, sports homies.